Welcome to the Dev Morning Show at Night. My name is Cassidy Williams, and I am your host, and I am accompanied by my lovely co-host, Zach. Hey, Zach. Hey, Cass. I have a question for you. What is, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Great question. You know, I like it. It is not my first choice, but I will eat it if it's given to me. I appreciate that answer. <laughs> yeah. Also, I have a fun fact for you today. Oh, okay. Did you know that king salmon are the largest species of salmon and can weigh up to 129 pounds? A fish? A fish. A normal salmon. I Do people eat these? They do. They're delicious. Oh, well, the more you know. <laughs> Speaking of amazing things. We have a guest today that I'm very excited to bring on. Christina, hello. Christina Zhu is a software engineer at Square. Welcome. Hello, hello. I am hello. excited to be here. I'm so glad. Did you know that about the king salmon? No, that's shocking. But as a salmon lover, it's always, you know, a good news to hear about more salmon being available <laughs> for my consumption. <laughs> Same. So, I feel like whenever I've gone out to sushi, it's basically just the salmon show with Cassidy. And like other things are good, but salmon, top tier. I agree. Is this the one that tastes like chicken? I'm not a seafood person. No, oh. it's just a salmon. Which fish are you talking about? I think tuna. <laughs> It's the chicken. Oh, you know how people are like, oh, yeah, right? 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 It's like chicken. call it the chicken of the sea. Yeah. Mm. Never really thought of it that way, though. Well, huh. anyway. Anyway, Christina, what are you working on right now? <laughs> um, um, there's actually uh, two things that I'm working on right now. So, first, um, recently set up my desk. So, I really want one of those, you know, really nice. cool e girl streaming light activated. Mm light panel things you know so Ooh. i can play music i love those things yes you know it's, it's so great have a little rave in my room so i uh, looking into like the different setups i could have and the configuration so that's really exciting um the other thing i'm working on is getting better at this game called valorant um oh you're one of those yes i know <laughs> one of those but um so it's my first shooting game um, wow. So what that means is that I'm terrible at it, and <laughs> I'm actually in the bottom five percent of players. You know, so I'm I'm pretty pretty rare in that regard. You know, I talked to a couple of my friends about it, and they were like, "Wow, Christina, like it's actually amazing that you got placed in Iron because you know I was trying to." make another account so I could play with my little friends. I threw every match on purpose, <laughs> died a lot, you know, lost as hard as I could. I still got placed in gold. So, you know, it's, it's really impressive that you still somehow got placed in iron and you were trying. And I was like, thank you, I guess. So wow. what yeah. a compliment. I, I know, <laughs> really warms your heart. So, uh, yeah, I've been um, trying to get out of iron and maybe, you know, get into bronze by the end of the year. Ooh. Wow, yeah. that that is a tough thing to learn. My first shooting game was Fortnite, and I still play it. I'm still not that good, but you gotta like catch up to all the people who've been playing shooters like their whole lives. Yeah, yeah, I definitely um, had motion sickness when I first started. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't get motion sick anymore, but I'm still terrible. So there's still <laughs> still some stuff to work on. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Eh. Zach, did you play a bunch of shooters? I 
Not much, honestly. I Fortnite is probably the most recent one I can remember playing with, and it's like I am also horrible. As soon as I see someone like doing the building thing, I run away. <laughs> I'm like, panic. It's not happening today. <laughs> I really like what I call the bush strategy. You just hide in a bush and then ah. eventually you'll be in like the top 20 and that's when you can start to panic and try to try to actually I do like that real. strategy. Have you guys ever gotten um first? Yes. Wow. I know. That must have been a rush. It <laughs> took a very long time to get to that point though. Like embarrassingly long. Was but it the bush the bush strategy? 100 So okay. I'm going to paint you a picture. I know that we have like technical things to talk about, but this this was a time where my sister and I were playing. Neither of us were very good because we didn't grow up with shooters. And it was winter. And because it was winter, they had these outfits where you could hide as a snowman on the map. Hmm. It was very cute, very fun. And there was a point where we were just like, what if we hid in the snowman and just stayed as still as possible? And there came a point where we realized, oh my gosh, it's just us and one other person. Like every, everybody was just shooting around us and didn't realize that we were hiding right there. And we were just screaming, holding our controllers. And then eventually we we're like, this is it. We have to actually play. And so we both jumped out and just were screaming, smashing the button and we won. And it was the biggest rush I'll ever feel. That's I wish I was there to see that. I can just yeah, imagine you, you both in a room just like panicking and yeah, screaming. So much screaming. Yeah. And meanwhile, like... My husband was there in the room and he was just like, you guys aren't even playing. This is the most stupid thing I've ever seen. And we we're like, oh, but we're hiding. <laughs> Are there like natural yeah. snowmen spawned on the landscape? Yes. Oh, yes. Think. So that's why it was particularly sneaky. We hid right, amongst right. the real snowmen. Amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. Speaking of amazing things, we have an ad. The Dev Morning Show at Night is a sponsored podcast. I mean, someone has to pay the bills around here. We're sponsored by LaunchDarkly, and LaunchDarkly is the first scalable feature management platform. That means dev teams can innovate and get better software to customers faster. How? By gradually releasing new software features and shipping code whenever they want, fast-tracking their journeys to the cloud, and building stronger relationships with business teams. Thanks for the money, LaunchDarkly. So anyway, Christina. Outside of Valorant and setting up your desk, what does your day-to-day -day look like? So I usually wake up. Um, I'm tired, so I have more <laughs> coffee. So I can be <laughs> tired with a faster heart rate. Um, <laughs> yes. And then after that, you know, get started with work. So um, just do some coding, open up all my stuff, get in the zone. I have a whole ritual. I have to spray all my air plants. I open the windows. I take my vitamin D pills. Um Wow. I know, no. I know. And then I open up my IDs, you know, check in with my coworkers and, you know, just do whatever needs to be done that day. So usually usually some coding. Um, which is pretty fun. And then um after that, um, you know, if I feel like treating myself, I'll go get a chicken sandwich from Popeyes. You know, nice. the special occasion. Yes. yes, with the with the um biscuits. Wow, I what know. a treat. I know. Um, after that, it's usually just a personal project time or, you know, hanging out with friends. Um, besides that, you know, just pretty normal, I think, software engineering stuff. A lot of coffee, a lot of code. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. And so well, during your work day or when are you like working on your personal projects, like what kind of tools do you use um, on the daily, like editor or terminal or whatever? 
yeah um so on my personal projects um i'm a boomer so i use adam um <laughs> wow I You're still, isn't it dead it's pretty dead yeah um, <laughs> but it i think it depends on you know what i'm feeling nowadays but you know i'm pretty used to it you know i have all my extensions on it i have mm. you know my custom color palette and everything so it's just like nice and familiar um i bet i could you know upgrade to a different one nowadays but it's uh that's just uh what I've who's got the time exactly but yeah vs code is really nice too um i will say that yeah. uh as for terminal i use iterm2 because a couple years ago when i was in college i read an article called how to pimp out your terminal so I followed all the instructions on it. Um, it was a Medium article and, you know, just have a really sick iTerm2 uh, terminal. <laughs> and you've never changed. I've since. never changed. I respect it. Yes. Honestly, I think I probably read a very similar article because I also haven't changed my iTerm setup in like five years. If it works, it works. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what got you into the industry in the first place? Ooh, okay, so are we talking about, you know, the actual computer science academic industry or my first coding experience? Because those two are like very far apart. I guess Ooh. I can talk about both. So yeah, a little first, bit of both. Yeah, yeah, my first coding experience was uh, playing Neopets when I was seven or yeah. eight years old. And, you know, nice. we really had mm. to make our pet pages um, as swanky as possible. <laughs> so learned a lot of CSS. Yes. Yeah. So much mm. CSS and HTML. I didn't know it was like considered coding at the time because I was just like, I need to have a 40 pixel wide, you know, cursor for whoever visits my page and be as obnoxious <laughs> as possible. Um, lots of MySpace that's, too. Yeah, That's a massive cursor for the resolution uh, yeah. screens back then too. I know, but like, you know, when, when you're playing Neopets and you're eight years old and you manage to get a fairy paintbrush and paint your pet, you know, to a fairy, you better have a matching uh -huh. fairy cursor. You know what I mean? So That yeah. is a flex, if I've ever yeah. heard one. So, that is actually a massive flex. Those paintbrushes were expensive. They mm -hmm. were. I actually uh, managed finally to uh, get back into my Neopets account after being locked out um, for like about a decade. Uh, I'd wow. email Neopets support once a year. Uh, to, <laughs> I put my shirt to see if they would ever reply, and eventually they replied. It's because when I was uh, when I was ten years old, I was like, I'm not giving out my real birthday to these people, so I put no. a fake birthday, oh. and I just forgot. I was just too smart for my own security good. Mm. Um, but I got back in, so so that that was a good day. Um, that's what matters. Yeah, but all my CSS and HTML don't work anymore, so oh. that's a big uh. big sad. Um, gosh. But as for, uh, so besides that, like 10 years passed and I didn't do any coding whatsoever. <laughs> um, but so what happened was I went into college as a computer, uh, no, not as a computer science major. I went in as a business slash economics major. And mm. yeah, so I was, you know, really into um, doing these kind of like business proposals and like program management stuff in high school. It was really fun. So I decided to go into college to study that, but it turns out I'm really bad at economics and I got like a C minus in intro to microeconomics. No. Yeah, it was really hard. It was so hard. I, like I didn't know like supply demand graphs, like that was just really hard for me. 
but I did manage to get an A in intro to computer science. So I was like, hey, yeah. well, maybe I should switch over. So I went to Going a couple to follow hack- my strengths. Yeah, I went to a couple <laughs> hackathons, and that's kind of what convinced me to switch over to computer science just because I had like such a blast at those events. Um, and, you know, the fact that I was just not that great at economics. So, <laughs> so yeah. It's it's good to know your strengths and weaknesses. I'm I'm curious, like how do you how do you find out about hackathons when you're in college? I think at the time I just joined this Facebook group called Hackathon Hackers. Mm-hmm. Yes, good so, times, good times indeed. Um, and it was just something that was advertised there a lot, um, just posted on Facebook everywhere. So if you were interacting with computer science at all during that time, like 2017, 2018 on Facebook you'd probably get some exposure one way or another to a hackathon. That was really like the heyday of hackathons because I feel like when I was in school and, and Zach and I went to school together, there was a point where in our computer science club, we had said, who here has been to a hackathon? And like two people had. And then even just a couple years later, three years later, like it felt like every single tech person had gone to hackathons or organized hackathons for their school or or something. They really exploded in that time. Everything was like advertised through that MLH. Oh yeah, major uh, like hacking company. They're still yeah. thriving. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I was always wondering like what would happen after COVID, or yeah, not after during uh virtual hackathons. Virtual hackathons. I actually yeah. uh, went to one so. The oh, yeah? one the one I started at my university, Hack Davis. Um, I go back every year because it's fun. Um and to, you know, eat the UC Davis food that I really miss. But uh <laughs> but during COVID they moved to a more digital format. So they had a Discord and I was oh. actually super impressed with, you know, how they set it up because they had like virtual rooms for teams to like huddle in and the whole like ticket messaging system with from a bot that they built themselves and it was like incredibly smooth incredibly like well run for a digital one and i was like you know this is like just as good as an in-person one so i was just really impressed with how that's awesome yeah how they managed to switch so effortlessly to like a digital format um so that was pretty cool yeah i feel like a lot of tech people could really try their hands at event planning because of all of the like apps and bots and things that will build to make an event run smoothly virtually at this rate because kind of like what you said the ticketing system i've seen people make like banners for every single hack that's been made or or the variety of discord channels and and things it's a whole industry it's it's very impressive okay it is time for rapid fire questions we are going to ask you questions rapidly so first of all, we all have domain names, project ideas that we are squatting on. What are yours? Um, so I have one domain name and it's just my name. Nice. Um, Respect. The project I'm squatting on is I want a see-through refrigerator that tells me what's in my refrigerator because I, if I can't see what's inside it, I just forget it's there. And that's how I accumulate like, you know, a week's worth of leftovers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think someone's working on that though. So they there are some yeah. with like the glass doors. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. just so expensive. Yeah. And I know like there's some really like high tech refrigerators that have like a screen that like logs what's inside your fridge, but I don't know how that technology works. It's very advanced. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's fair. Um, what is the most recent thing you over optimized? 
Right. So I'm sure you two are familiar with the concept of uncrustables. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Delicious. Yes. But for those who are not, it is a frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwich that are like shaped like a circle and they do not have a crust and they are frozen. So I so think good. the regular way you're supposed to eat Uncrustables is um, by putting them in a toaster like a regular human being. I think you're yes. right. Yes. Yes. Um, but for people who cannot wait three minutes for the toaster, I attempted to use the microwave which is not great because then it explodes. I was going to so, say, doesn't it get like lava hot? Yes, it gets lava hot and also bursts from the seam. So I was like, there must ah. be a better way. So there was one point in recent memory where I was wearing a hoodie and I got an Uncrustable. And then I realized I was late for a meeting. So I put the Uncrustable in my hoodie pocket and ran to my meeting. And I completely forgot the Uncrustable was there. And then after my meeting was over, I remembered the Uncrustable was there, but it had thawed slightly and it was the perfect temperature and consistency wow. and right. it was still like kind of <laughs> nice and chilly in the middle too so hey. that is my new way of eating uncrustables where i just put it in a hoodie pocket and i forget and i thaw it slowly with my body heat um smuckers i hope you're listening yes this, this should be on the box this is very important fund this idea wow my favorite way of eating Uncrustables is putting it like frozen on top of a cup of tea, kind of like those Stroopwafels or whatever. Ooh. And then the steam yeah. from the tea heats up the Uncrustable. No one actually toasts it. This is what I'm learning. Like no, <laughs> no one toasts their Uncrustable <laughs> like a normal human being. No. And then I told my mom about this and she's like, why can't you just make yourself a sandwich? And that's, she doesn't get it. She doesn't understand. <laughs> Yes, Uncrustables are in a whole nother league by themselves. Mm -hmm. Best thing since sliced bread. Uncrusted bread. Oh. Frozen. <laughs> anyway, what is your golden rule for coding? Um, I think the most important thing that I've actually learned over the years is it doesn't have to do like technical coding or like technical skill per se, but just learning how to ask for help after a certain point. Um, mm. which is definitely something that I've struggled with for a lot because I didn't want to seem stupid or I wanted to figure things out by myself. But I realized, you know, if you have the resource of having like really smart people around you, the fastest way to learn is actually by, you know, reaching out and asking for their advice. So for me, um, if you're stuck for more than an hour, I'd say try and ask someone who knows more than you. And I feel like that way you both can learn something. So. That's great. What is your favorite it depends question? Okay, so this may be a little controversial, but it must Ooh. be do you like In N Out or Shake Shack better? And I have to say Ooh. it depends because I feel like personally they are in two different categories of burger just by the price point. So you have to think about mm. The Shake Shack burger at the price point of $9 versus the In-N-Out burger at the price point of $3. I feel like depending on what you're looking for, you know, it really truly depends what category of burger you are rating them from. Like, there's just no way to compare the two. I agree yeah. with you completely because mm -hmm. I, I do want them at different times. And this is also a very Californian question. I don't know. There, there might be people out there who haven't had In-N-Out. It's a very good burger, but it's different from Shake Shack. But they're both better than McDonald's, for example. 
There is always a time and place for McDonald's, though. True. Yes. Very One thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. I am loving it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, what is the oldest piece of tech that you still own? Right. So, I was going to say my GameCube, but I recently remembered. Well, recently, as in ten seconds ago, I remembered that. The one thing I still own is the first iPod Shuffle ever, which wow. was the size of a USB stick, this big. There was no screen, and it didn't have. Um, I think it had four buttons, like play, pause, forward, backwards, up and down, and I have no idea how I navigated that thing without a screen. It was the size of a USB stick, and I remember I just you know put on Avril Lavigne, Lincoln Park, mm-hmm. put in my headphones, mm-hmm. just walk back and forth from middle school. You know, in my angst, my teenage yeah. angst. So, <laughs> so I actually found it the other day. Unfortunately, I forgot to bring it. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty ancient, and I was really excited to have it because my sister had a Walkman. I, oh man! So yeah, yeah, that was an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, I I do remember that time where it was like you would add a song to this iPod Shuffle, and you just had to keep hitting next and wait for it to come up, because if it was out of some order, then it was just gone in the ether of this little device. Yeah, you'd have to just keep looking for it. I guess <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Why it was called iPod Shuffle? I did. Yeah. I, I just assumed you could have your set order in iTunes or something, but like that you makes... could. But if you messed something up, your music was just somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, like if you sorted okay. your songs alphabetically. You just have mm-hmm. to memorize, you know, where where each song was and just click, keep clicking because there were no screens back then. They were really, yeah. truly living in the dark ages. Man, Fair. the memes, though. <laughs> they were such fun, colorful pieces, too. Tech has gotten very, like, gray and sleek. And I miss the colorful days. Do you guys have the, uh, the Macs from, like, the computer labs in your childhood that were, like, rainbow jelly colored? So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. So, it was only like in the special computer lab right. where they had those. The rest of them were just the giant CRT monitors and stuff. Yeah, and you'd play like Zoom beanies on them. Those were the mm. days. Rip. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna awkwardly transition. Um, have you written a piece of cringy code? And if so, what was it? Yeah, I, I think... Um, Every I feel like every developer has had that moment where they write something and then they don't know why it works and it looks disgusting, but you realize if you remove it, everything would break. So you have no choice <laughs> but to put it in. Then you write a comment that says, you shouldn't remove this because if you remove it, it will break. And then you write an apology in the comment too. I'm sorry. Then you submit it for PR and then the PR you try to explain yourself, your terrible life choices to whoever you're doing it. You say, I'm really sorry. I know this looks really bad, but I, I can't can figure out another way to do it. Can you just please approve this? And, you know, we can, maybe a senior engineer can look at it later. Um, feel like we've all... Don't look at me. Yeah, don't look at me. I hope no one else looks at this. Um, I feel like we've all had, had that piece of code. Yeah. It, it's scarring, but it's a rite of passage, I think. I mean, sure. it works in production. Cool. All right. Um, what is your most used emoji? Ooh, okay. That's a, that's a great question. 
I am thinking my top seven emojis, trying to remember which one is the least cringe. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We love the cringe. Okay, okay. So I, I think um, my favorite, my favorite new emoji is the one where, where they're doing like the yes sir salute. You know, I think that's a oh, fairly, yeah. The, the it's a fairly recent one. Um, very flexible. Mm -hmm. Can use it in many situations. Mostly sarcastic at your siblings. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> at your parents. At your coworkers, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, most recently that's my most used one. Um, but besides that, I think I mostly stick, you know, with the classics like a heart, a smile. Mm. Um, oh, and then another one of the new ones that I really like is like the big googly eyes, and you're smiling, and there's tears in your eyes. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah I know. Yeah, it's fun. That is definitely a mood. It is now time for the random segment generator. A random segment is going to pop up and we're going to roll with it. And the first one is Dev Opposites. What do you do outside of your day job? We already know about Valorant, but what else? During COVID, um, like many other people, I decided to pick up a COVID hobby. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it was not anything useful like crocheting or learning a new skill like cooking. I decided to um, become a gambler and get invested in Pokemon cards instead. So you're one of those. I'm one of those. Yes, I'm ashamed to admit it. But um, wow, I started really getting into Pokemon cards because I had some when I was a child, and I realized my childhood collection could have been worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then I went home and my parents told me they tossed it away many years ago. So no. that was very heartbreaking. Um, oh. So I went kind of real deep into that. You know, they're kind of like stocks. Um, they go up. They, they go, really are. Yeah, they it's go wild. up. They go down. No rhyme or reason to it. Um, so I did spend an embarrassing amount of money, you know, buying packs um, and ripping ripping them open getting some cards and then sending them to like these official grading companies to like look at my card and tell me like yeah this is a good card and then they like grade it from one to ten and if it's a ten you can resell it for like way more money because ten is like the highest score you can get so yeah that's a that's a whole thing do you do the thing where like i i remember seeing a thing where when you get a new deck you have to like put some of the cards in front and then you have to open them in a specific order yeah do, are you do you do that is that actually important um i think it's if you're opening it for other people to watch they like the suspense of it if it's myself mm -hmm. i'm just very impatient i'm just like okay just, just show me <laughs> if i if i want anything or not you know um but if you're trying to you know build some suspense and you have a bunch of people cheering you on and hoping that your 200 mm -hmm. purchase was not worth you know twenty dollars um you try to like you know draw it out and make it like fun so i think it's also just like a ritual yeah yeah did I you ever like... stream it or anything sorry okay uh no mostly to just uh personal friends and stuff um but it was really fun you know um you and your friends during lockdown you all just sit together with your webcams on ripping open packs losing money together getting some pokemon <laughs> yeah <laughs> I feel like I've seen this straight like on TikTok. Like there'll be random like live videos where people do that thing, like you were talking about, Cass, where they like flip one card over or like move it around and then just start like showing it off. I'm like, this is 
fascinating. I don't know any of these new gen Pokemon, but like I still found myself watching for like 15 minutes. <laughs> it's it's very interesting to watch. And, and a friend of a friend started a Twitch channel where he does this and, and people will mail him their packs just so he can open them and mail them back, which again, it's a whole hmm. world. I'm, I'm sure you know. And he's made a lot of money. On, on these Pokemon cards. It's fascinating. Like, what a world it has grown into. Yeah, I think the streamers in particular, um, people will send them money while they're streaming for to, like, buy packs from the streamer, and the streamer will open packs for mm. them and, like, send them the shiny cards. Um, and they usually charge at a premium, but people are willing to pay because the streamers have, you know, usually, like, a couple hundred people watching. And when they open your pack and you get something good, you have, like, hundreds of other people cheering for you. So I think that's what you're paying for, like, the sense of, like, you're in a stadium together <laughs> screaming at Pokemon cards. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably an ignorant question, and I'm somewhat ashamed of asking it. But can the cards be shiny? I knew they could be holographic. Oh. But... I thought that was only in the games, oh, like the yes. digital games. There are um, shiny Pokemon cards. They were introduced um, in the first couple sets. So I think one of the most okay. um, popular ones is called like a Shining Charizard. And it's worth a couple thousand dollars. Because it's, it's black. Because it's black. It looks super cool. It's Charizard. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a thing. They're not called shinies, but they're called like Shining um, and they're they're like you know the different color schemes and whatnot. The dragonites are green for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. This might be getting way too deep into this topic. But the fact that dragonites are green when Dratini and Dragonair are purple. No why? sense. Makes no sense. Why? I just feel like whoever decided that the last evolution of Dratini should be orange with arms. True. You know, I think they just yeah. <laughs> they just messed up. The first, the first danger noodle evolution, cute. Second level danger noodle, elegant. Third level, it's not even noodle anymore. Like, it's just, it's just a dragon. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah, I haven't thought about it that way. We we don't talk about it. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next random segment. It's what are you proud of? So, um. Talk about something that you shipped or created that you're really proud of. Yeah, uh, I touched upon this a bit earlier, but I think definitely doing like my university's hackathon is something probably the biggest mm -hmm. thing I've shipped to date. Um, so back when I started, it was the only UC, the University of California University that didn't have a hackathon at the time. Um, I had gone to every other UC's hackathon at that point. And I was like, okay, well, when is Davis going to have one? I went to UC Davis. And apparently no one was thinking about it or going to do it. So me and my friends just got together. We were playing pool at someone's apartment complex. And we we're like, oh, yeah, we should we should do it. So then we decided to do it, which was, you know, we completely underestimated how much time and money it would take. Um, but it was a super rewarding experience. So the first year, you know, it was like 300 people. And then the next year was 600. And the next year was like 700. So that was just wow. really fun. Um, and then I graduated, but, you know, I come back every year. I don't know anyone on the team anymore. They don't know who I am either, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but it's always been like great to see, you know, this organization that I started um, flourish and continue to grow to this very day. So I just think that's really awesome. 
And I think what's mm-hmm. also great is that I see that the school and the computer science department is actually supporting them now. Um, because back when we first started, mm-hmm. we tried to pitch it, you know, to our computer science department. And they were like, why should we do this? Hackathons are a waste of time. And we're just like, oh, okay then. But oh. I feel like now um, the the university and the department have realized, you know, that it's a pretty cool thing to do. So that's also just been like great to see. That is so awesome. And the fact that it's continued for this long. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. the team has done such a good job. It makes me feel like I did a terrible job. Uh, back when I first started, like, I look at the website <laughs> yes. now and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I could have never done this. Um, so, yeah, they... Iterations. True, yeah. true, true, true. Yeah. Someone has to make V1 in order for the other ones to follow. That's some good advice. I should keep that in mind. Thanks. I like that. <laughs> Okay, our last random segment is 404s and heartbreak. What is something that's been taken off the internet or it's just returns a page not found that breaks your heart? I don't know if this counts, um, but I really miss MySpace sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know it's technically still alive in a different form. It's a different energy. It's definitely a different social media, but, you know, I realized... There is a space for something like MySpace when I saw people on Instagram and Facebook talking about, you know, it'd be really cool if we could, you know, put music on our pages and have it autoplay when someone looks at our pages. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Um, but <laughs> it's the best choice. It is the best choice. Uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely something that I miss going to everyone's terrible profiles, you know, and listening to their terrible music choices. Um, the one thing I don't miss about MySpace though was like the fact that you had to rank your best friends on your page. That was, I was gonna that yeah. was a little toxic. Probably a good thing to get. Yeah, rid that was of. that was kind of toxic because you know you'd know when people were in a fight when they drag your your friend from first place yeah. to like fifth place. You know there was some spicy drama going on. That was drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like that era of the internet was, and granted there pros and cons of everything it just felt like it was much more personal because it wasn't just like all of these ad tracking things trying to deliver you information just for you it was like you creating that space for yourself and i do i do miss that aspect of it yeah definitely i think the customization options are missing from a lot of today's social medias and um yeah it'd be great if we could you know change the colors and the photos on our IGs and Facebook. I mean, I know some of them would be incredibly ugly, um, but you know, but, but they'd be your ugly. You know, like you'd be expressing yeah. yourself. Forty pixel cursors. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you wanted it. Uh, well, I think we just decided we're going to make a new social network. We'll reconvene offline. <gasps> yeah. And circle back on that. Yeah. <laughs> Heard my last email. <laughs> all right anyway we have now gotten to the sage advice portion of this show this one is very near and dear to my heart both in this place and time and also just based on what we talked about today and it's just kind of make your space whether it's around your desk or online make your space on the internet because right now there's so many companies that want your attention, want your focus, want your data, and a lot of them are very good at it and it's very fun. But it's important to create that space for yourself so that way you can 
kind of bloom where you're planted, create something that is yours, have something that you can point at, whether you're job hunting or just showing off the things that you can do, and also just to be comfortable in an environment and be around people who also make their own spaces as well. So do that. Figure out how you want to do it, whether it's virtually or in real life. What a concept. But do it. That being said, Zach, Christina, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me. Christina, where can people find you? Do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, I don't have anything to plug, but, you know, I always enjoy talking to people. And you can find me on Twitter at CSZHU. Um, the CS does not stand for computer science. It's because I have had people ask me that. The CS stands for Christina and S stands for my middle name. Um, but yeah, uh, come chat with me anytime. I love meeting new people. As my married name starts with an S, so I understand the CS. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> also, I'm going to plug Christina's Twitter because it's very funny and she makes very good memes. And I think that's very important. Oh, thank you. I will I will try and um, make more memes. I harvest them organically. Non-GMO. Mm, nice. Fresh from the farm. Handcrafted artisanal exactly. memes. <laughs> and once again, because making podcasts is expensive, this show is brought to you by Launch Darkly. Launch Darkly toggles peaks of 20 trillion feature flags each day, and that number continues to grow, and you should use them. You can head over to launchdarkly.com and learn about how. Thank you for making this show possible, Launch Darkly. I've been Cassidy Williams. You can find me at Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things. And I'm CTO over at Contenda. And I'm Zach, and I'm a DevRel at Rives, and you can find me on Twitter at Zach Plotin. Thank you for tuning into the Dev Morning Show at night. Make sure you head over to our YouTube channel where you can like and subscribe. You can also listen to the audio version of this wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.